Turning your Bibles now to Psalm 25. Psalm 25. And let's worship the Lord with this psalm. My comments will be very brief. I want you to be looking in verses 4 through 8 or so for the prayer request of God teaching us His truth. Because this is the heart of the psalmist. In the psalm that I just quoted to you, read to you from Psalm 84, we want to look at the spirit of the psalmist and adopt that spirit as our own. We want to examine our hearts and make sure that we have the same zeal that David had, that a day in the Lord's house is better than a thousand, that to be a doorkeeper in God's house is better than to dwell in the tents of wickedness, whether that be a powerful place or a place of ease, as we sang it. We want to be like the inspired psalmist. And we want to be like the inspired psalmist here in Psalm 25 in making sure that as part of our prayers, we pray for truth and knowledge and wisdom because we want to show Him our dependence on Him to give it, that without Him we can't have it, and that we need Him to lead us and guide us. And you'll see that in verses 4 through 8. And then we want to be noticing... The blessing upon the man that fears the Lord, and it's chiefly contained in verses 12 through 14, and it involves truth and hidden wisdom again. Let's all stand together as we read in unison Psalm 25 from the Word of God. Together, unto Thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul, O my God, I trust in Thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on Thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me Thy ways, O Lord. Teach me Thy paths. Lead me in Thy truth and teach me. For Thou art the God of my salvation. On Thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, Thy tender mercies and Thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to Thy mercy, remember Thou me for Thy goodness' sake, O Lord, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will He teach sinners in the way. The meek will He guide in judgment, and the meek will He teach His way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep His covenant and His testimonies. For Thy name's sake, O Lord, Pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord. 
for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon mine affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. Consider mine enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. O keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. I have been asked recently about the third verse where it says, Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. And the question was, is, is there ever a cause for a transgression? No, there is never a cause for a transgression against God. The point that David is making in the third verse is about his enemies. They transgress against him without a cause because David had never done anything against them to harm them or to hurt them, and yet they breathed out cruelty and hatred against him. That's what is intended by the second half of the third verse. Every verse deserves comment, but we want to go straight to verse 4. Show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. God has ways and God has paths that the world knows nothing about, and the only way we can learn them is for God to teach them to us. And so a part of a godly prayer is right here, show me, teach me, show me, teach me. And God showed David, and God taught David, because God, God, David had more knowledge and understanding of things then, and of things to come than any one of his generation. He was a prophet. He prophesied of the Lord Jesus Christ in a number of psalms that we call Messianic psalms. He knew whether he should go into battle and how he should go into battle because God would would reveal secret things to him. And he revealed the word of God to David so that he would always remember how to conduct himself even toward his enemies like Saul. He realized that he was not to touch the Lord's anointed. We could think of many countless other examples. But I ask you, do you pray like this? If we don't pray like this, then why should the Lord give us more truth? Why should He give us more knowledge? Why should He show us His paths and His ways if we don't pray like this? He wants to see our dependency on Him, and He wants to see our desire for it. If we, and without praying, we can't show either. So let's make sure this is part of our praying. Lord, show me thy ways, and Lord, teach me thy paths. I hope you noticed in this psalm that there was also considerable confession of sin. Lord, don't remember the sins of my youth. Forgive all my sins. Because when we come to the Lord and are expecting truth and for Him to show us His paths, we need to come with clean hands, a pure heart, an open mind that's in fellowship with Him that is not walking in sin, because sin is darkness. If we walk in sin, we're walking in darkness, how can we ask for light when the very light He's given to us, we're already squandering? So we must be very careful, and I want you to see the connection there here in Psalm 25. 
We can look at verse 5 where the prayer continues by David. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. Thou art the God of my salvation and thee do I trust. Lord, you have saved me spiritually. You've saved me practically many times in my life. I wait on thee for every blessing in my life. Lead me in your truth. Take my hand and show me the way. I am dumb. I am blind. I'm like a brute beast, Psalm 73 says. I know my heart is deceitful above all things. Just take my hand and lead me. As he would pray in other places, make me to go in the way of your commandments. Incline my heart away from covetousness and toward thy commandments. And so we have that prayer running from about verse 4 down to verse 9, because even in verse 9... We have the words, the meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. Not every man gets taught. Very few men get taught. I went over that very briefly, and in my outline I go over it extensively, how you can take the whole earth's population and shake it down for paganism, shake it down for Catholicism, that's the majority of so-called Christians, shake it down for all the other errors, and you get down to a very small number of people that even have a clue about the truth. That's right. And then once you look into them, how do you increase in truth? But you need to pray for it. You need to pray for it. Because it's only for the meek. It's only for those seeking. The Lord said, if you'll search for me with all your heart, you'll find me. When you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29 in verse 13. Let's go to the next point I want to make before we leave the psalm. Verse 12. What man is he that feareth the Lord? What's it like to fear the Lord? What does the man get that fears the Lord? What happens to him? Psalm 25, 12. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. God shall choose and God will teach Special ways and paths for that man to live in during his life. Abraham feared the Lord, and the Lord took care of him and directed his path. He chose a path for him that was a path of blessing that extended the rest of his life. Joseph had such a path. Moses had such a path. And you look at these great men of Scripture, and they had faith. By faith, Abraham left Ur of the Chaldees when God called him, and then God directed him the rest of the way. This is the man that fears the Lord. What man is he that feareth the Lord? God is going to choose a special way for you in life, and he is going to teach you in that way that he is going to choose for you. That's a wonderful blessing. But it doesn't end there. Look at the 13th verse. His soul shall dwell at ease. Americans want their bodies dwelling at ease. But the Bible here says his soul shall dwell at ease. That includes your body at times. But it also includes your inner thoughts, your inner motives, your inner desires, your heart, your spirit, your soul. It'll dwell at ease. You'll have peace, prosperity, blessing, joy, hope in the inner man by the power of the Holy Ghost. In that 13th verse, his soul shall dwell at ease. His seed shall inherit the earth. His children will come after him to inherit God's good things in the earth. You say, well, what about David? David had Absalom. Thankfully, Joab killed him. David had Adonijah. Thankfully, Solomon killed him. You say, well, what about David's seed? Did it inherit the earth? I'll ask you if you've ever opened your Bible. 
who sits on the throne of the universe? The son of David. You can read about his sons in Matthew chapter 1 that extend all the way from him to Joseph and his daughters that extend all the way from him to Mary. His seed has inherited the earth in the fullest sense of the word. Make sure we always look with the eye of faith when we look at a man's seed. Right. Absalom and Adonijah and Amnon belonged in the cemetery. But, the, but there were other of David's sons, Nathan and Solomon, through which the Lord Jesus Christ came. Verse 14, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. Here's another blessing. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. His hidden wisdom, His hidden presence, His hidden, His salvation that is unknown to the world is with them that fear Him because God reveals it to them. And He will show them His covenant. Remember how David died? This is how you must read the Bible. Thinking. This is how you meditate on God's Word. Thinking. How did David die in light of the second clause of verse 14? He will show them his covenant. Although my house be not so with God, on his deathbed, David said, Yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. 2 Samuel 23 and verse 5. Oh, yes. God showed His covenant to David. David shows his character in verse 15. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord. And I hope that we'll keep our eyes ever toward the Lord and not toward the things of this life. So easily distracted by our sight called the lust of the eyes. We need to direct our eyes by our hearts heavenward. So the blessing upon the man who fears the Lord, according to verse 12, God's going to choose his way in life and teach him how to walk in it. God's going to bless his soul to dwell at ease. His seed will inherit the earth. He'll show him his secret by coming and dwelling with him and revealing to him hidden wisdom. And he'll show him his covenant so that he can have the fullest measure of the assurance of salvation. And on his deathbed, he knows that God has ordered something for him. And it's sure, although in his family, you wouldn't see all the evidence of it. Praise his glorious name. Two lessons from Psalm 25 for today. Number one, make sure we pray for truth. Number two, the man who fears the Lord gets it gets the truth, and a whole lot of other blessings beside. May we fit the condition of verses 12 through 14 and receive the blessings through Christ our Lord.